Hi, my name is Kate and we're coming to you from Grace City Church in Sydney. Um, as you probably already gathered in Australia today, it's Mother's Day. And this is quite an unusual Mother's Day. Uh, we've been in isolation for about seven weeks now and I'm sure that's affecting us all in different ways. But wherever you are, whatever you're doing, why don't we start by just honouring mums? Because let's face it, mums are pretty amazing, aren't they? I've always thought that if I was the CEO of a company, I needed to hire someone who was just like um, brilliant at multitasking, conflict resolution, um, diplomatic negotiation, someone who was like good at managing sometimes difficult and emotional people, um, someone who was endlessly resourceful and inventive, who was great at listening, counseling, life, you know, life coaching, um, able to manage multiple projects and schedules at one time, you know, brilliant at short, medium and long-term planning, I'd hire a mum because uh, mums basically hold everything together. And uh, they're not just super efficient, super capable, super organised, although really the most efficient, capable and organised people I know are mums, but they're also kind, they're loving, they're giving, they're thoughtful, they're generous and um, empathetic. You know, dads, you're great too, but today is Mother's Day. And so we just mums everywhere, we want to honour you today. And uh, I'm going to bring you a short message, about 15, 20 minutes. And I just want to talk about a few things about the character of God, um, which I hope will be applicable to everyone. But I want to do it through the lens of my journey sort of to and through motherhood. And I've got three simple points, and they are, number one, God calls the things that are not as though they were. Number two, um, God's timing is perfect. And number three, God's grace is sufficient. So number one, God calls the things that are not as though they were. Now that's a bit of a funny phrase, isn't it? God calls the things that are not as though they were. And uh, we find it in a couple of places in the Bible. It's in Romans 4, um, it, and it's expressed that way in the King James uh, translation. But we also find it in 1 Corinthians 1, 28. And it says, God calls the lowly things of the world and the things that are not, and um, uh, so that no one can boast. Now today, I am a mum. Now, my husband Mars and I, we have one son, who's Matthew, he's 16, he's a wonderful son, and uh, being a mum is one of the greatest joys of my life. And when I think about all the things in my life that I am or do, um, being a parent is right at the very top of that list of priorities. And uh, that's kind of amazing to me to be able to say that, um, because for a long time in my life, I didn't think that I would ever be saying that at all. Um, so. Uh, you know, because some people, they seem like they're born to be parents, don't they? Like, there's a young um, woman in our church, a beautiful girl called Rachel, and uh, whenever I see her, all these little kids are making a beeline for her, and she's making a beeline for them. And uh, also my husband, Miles, you know, there was um, a time when we were first married and any social gathering that we went to, within about 30 seconds of getting through the door, uh, I'd turn around and Miles would be holding a baby. I'd be like, where did you get that? You know, and sometimes uh, I'd say to him, you know, do the parents know that you have that? You know, like, do you know that you have to give it back when we go home? You know, he was just like a magnet for babies. But when we talk about, you know, the things that are not, um, I thought of myself, I'm not 
a baby person and I thought uh, I'm not mother material. And uh, I became a Christian when I was 24. And by that time I had lived enough of life to figure out that life could be a pretty painful place. And um, that was the sort of lens that I saw everything through. Uh, that was my worldview. And so when it came to thinking about kids, I would be like, why would you want to bring anybody else into this painful, um, broken world? And um, when I thought about kids, uh, all I could see it through was a lens of, of being negative, you know, all the, all the things that could possibly go wrong. You know, what if, what if, what if my kid had no friends, you know? I know that's so negative, um, but if you're afraid, then everything is scary. You know, if you're insecure, then you view everything with suspicion and doubt. And, you know, our, our view of life is shaped by the things that have happened to us. But then I met Miles, um, this wonderful man, and he asked me to marry him. And I felt that I needed to say to him, to be fair to him, um, that I didn't think I could promise him that I would ever want to have children. And I knew that was a really a lot to ask of him because I knew that he really wanted to be a dad. But I thought, just to be fair, I've got to say, um, I, I can't promise you that. You know, I don't know if I'll ever get there. Uh, and to give him the chance, you know, to walk away if he wanted to. Um, but it was very fortunate to me that Miles had enough love and enough faith and enough patience, you know, for the both of us. And um, Miles really showed me what the love of God looks like. And he really always saw the best in me. He saw my potential, if you like. He could see what I could be when I couldn't see that myself. And I'm not just talking about motherhood, just about my ability to be... Um, a whole normal functioning person, you know, um, my ability to love and be loved. And I guess in simple terms, he believed in me. And uh, But sometimes, you know, it can be the opposite for people. Uh, I've heard of a number of famous people that we would look at today and we'd think, uh, wow, they're so successful. But all of them were told when they were at school that they would never amount to anything. So um, Mary Berry, you know, the cook, uh, Maggie Beer, another cook, Sir Richard Branson, all of them were told uh, at school that they would never amount to anything. <coughs> Michelle Obama was told by a school counselor not to aim too high. Imagine someone speaking that over your life. Imagine if they had believed it. Now, people might have told you that you'll never amount to anything, that you have no future. You might have told that to yourself, that um, you've got no future and you might be contemplating a way out. I want to say to you, please don't believe that. That's a lie. And, uh, and God says, you know, I, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. He says that everything that he's started in you, he will finish. And he says that um, he'll work all things together for good for those who love him. You know, the Bible is a love story. It's really hard to say that you're not loved. You know, if you just open it up and you see that God's love for his people uh, is there throughout it. 
but you might say, Kate, you just don't know. You don't know my story. You don't know uh, the things that I've done. You don't know the things that have been done to me. You know, I'm one of the things that I'm not. You know, I'm not lovely. I'm not lovable. I'm broken and I'm dirty. Well, God says to you today that he loves you. And he loves you just as you are. Now, when I was becoming a Christian, there was a hymn that was very significant for me. It's an old hymn called Just As I Am. And it says, Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bids me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. And today you can come just as you are. And there are a lot of people out there who think um, that they are the things that are not, you know, that you might... Um, you know, not beautiful, not popular, not special. You might speak these things over yourself, but God is there saying you're loved, you're treasured, and you're chosen before the foundation of the world. Some people think that to be a believer, you've got to be a happy, shiny person, you know, that's got their whole life together. And, um, you know, maybe there are some people out there that think that, but that's not what it says in my Bible. You know, it says... God loved us when we were far away from him. God loved us when we were dead in our sins. And uh, you know, God loves the unlovely and he puts the lonely in families. And um, if you feel alone, God says, I'm your friend. You know, if you feel overwhelmed, God says, I'm an ever present help. If you feel vulnerable, God says, I'm like a mother hen that can cover you with my wings and underneath are the everlasting arms. You know, you, um, you may have lost your mum at an early age or maybe your mum, for whatever reason, uh, was not able to be the mum that you needed her to be. Well, God has the heart of a mother as well as the heart of a father. He's the God of all comfort and he's a God of compassion. If you feel unloved, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. You know, when you have 100% love behind you, just flowing like a river that never stops, that's the kind of love that can change your life. You know, love that keeps giving, love that is patient and kind, love that keeps no record of wrongs. You know, it doesn't demand its own way. It never gives up. Um, it's always hopeful and it endures through every circumstance. When you're loved like that, those insecurities can melt away. And uh, you can learn to trust a little and then a lot. You know, you can, you can be brave and step out and try things, knowing that someone has always totally got your back. That's what God's like, love is like. And thankfully, uh, that's what Miles' love for me was like. And so I started to change. You know, I, um, I let down my walls of defensiveness um, my ups and downs, you know, they leveled out. My heart got warmer and stronger. You know, I, I didn't take offense at things people said so easily. I had more grace for people and I could see things from their point of view. And uh, years went by and then gradually um, I thought maybe we could do this parent thing after all. And, uh, and one day I said to Miles and I said to God, I'm ready. So, um, number one, God calls the things that are not as though they were. Number two, God's timing is perfect. 
Now, timing is important to God. Timing is important in a lot of things like comedy, <laughs> um, music, sport. Um, but in the Bible, uh, it says at just the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, you can imagine the Bible saying Christ died for the ungodly, but it's really interesting that there's that detail in there at just the right time. Now, here is a fact to blow your mind. When a baby girl is born, she has all the eggs inside her body that she will need for the whole of her lifetime. In her life, no new eggs are ever made, and that is two million eggs. So how do you fit two million eggs inside a baby girl? I don't know. When I was at school, I was allergic to science. No, I'm just kidding. But that is, that's amazing. And what also is amazing to me, that it took me 35 years <laughs> to say I'm ready to be a mum like classic late developer, right? But um, just the right time, at just the right time, out of those two million eggs, at the same moment that I said, I'm ready, a little egg was there with Matthew Simmons, my son's DNA, with his name on it, who came to the edge of a fallopian tube and took a leap. You know, I love it. Uh, God's timing is perfect. And uh, we called our son Matthew because it means gift from God. And I remember when we came home from the hospital and I held him in my arms like this and I looked at him and I said, you're a gift from God to me. And every time we say his name, we remember that God is good. Now, God knows the same sort of level of detail of your life. We've got this one perspective from where we are, but God can see the end from the beginning and he knows the number of hairs on your head or not uh, he knows uh, the dreams that are in your heart he knows all the prayers uh, that you've ever prayed and he's heard them all now sometimes things don't always go as we plan right um, you know there may be things that you've been praying about for years you know that haven't come to pass yet there may be things that are in your heart that you haven't seen yet you may have had big plans for 2020 um, and goodness knows 2020 isn't going how any of us planned right um, but our timing isn't always God's timing and I think that is because you know um, the what's involved in the in the journey is as important or more important as actually getting there you might think 2020, it's been a bit of a write-off. It's May already. We've, um, we've been at home for nearly two months, you know. But I want to encourage you that there are opportunities in the unexpected. Um, maybe this year is a time for you to just slow down, to just reassess your life and um, to reconnect with people near or far, um, to reconnect with yourself to reconsider what's really important to you, to reconnect or to connect for the first time with God. And uh, my story as a, as a mum is that the minute I said, I'm ready, God heard me. And if you're ready to start to get to know him today, uh, he'll, he'll hear you too. And the last thing I wanna say today is that God's grace is sufficient. 
You know, at the start of this, I, I said how when I thought about kids, all I could think about was all the things that could go wrong. Um, and my desire to shield any child from the difficulties of challenge, challenges of life, you know, it was so strong. It was almost better to me not to have kids at all. And uh, to um, refer to that classic piece of storytelling that is Finding Nemo, um, you might remember a scene where there's Marlin, that's Nemo's dad, and there's Dory, and uh, they've been doing everything they can to find Nemo, and yet somehow they find themselves in a whale. You know, they've been going all over the ocean and now they're in a whale in the middle of the ocean and Marlin is stressed. And he's saying in a moment of exasperation, he says, but I promised him that nothing would ever happen to him. And, uh, and Dory says, well, that's a funny thing to promise him, you know, because if nothing ever happened to him, then nothing would ever happen to him. You know, that's not much fun for little Harpo. And, um, but what Marlin went, meant, of course, was that he promised him that nothing bad would ever happen to him. And as parents, you know, how can any of us promise that to our kids? Um, I mean, even God doesn't promise that to us. He says, in this world, you'll have trouble. You know, we've been fairly warned. Life is not always easy. And um, a few years ago, when Matthew was a little boy, we were expecting another baby. And um, we waited, you know, until we'd been through the first trimester before we told anyone. And then with great joy, we told Matthew that he was going to be a big brother. And if anyone on this earth was born to be a big brother, it was Matthew. Uh, and he was just overjoyed. And then a while later, we went for a scan and there was no heartbeat. And we had to tell Matthew that news. And, uh, and as a little boy, um, even though he was so young, he's always been an old soul. And he grieved. He really grieved so deeply. And uh, he'd be all right, you know, during the day. And then when we got to bedtime, Every day there would be this outpouring of grief and processing. Um, it was so difficult for him. And this went on for many, many, many months, actually. And all my fears about wanting to shield a child, you know, from the challenges of life. And here we were. And I could have said, you know, see, I told you I knew this would happen. But the difference was God. And you might say to me, well, if God is real... Why did he allow that to happen? And my answer to that would be, well, is it right or reasonable to think that I can just put in my order for a tailor-made perfect life? Or is it more real to accept that life isn't perfect, but there's a loving God that can come near beside us and walk with us through these challenges? And as a family, we, um, we grieved together and we had to come to terms with the size of our family, that even though we wanted it to be bigger, that it just wasn't going to be that way. And we grew um, content, you know, that we were just us three. And uh, at the time, all of our relatives were in different countries, but we knew that we had a bigger family that is the church. And, um, you know, your family uh, may not actually be the people that you're related to, you know, it may be, or there may be other people that have been in your life, like significant parent or sibling figures and um, you know God was there in the midst of our grief and he brought healing 
and grace to us. And we grieved together and we talked about it, we talked it through, we prayed it through. And God gave us grace to look up and be thankful and to keep going. Now Mother's Day for some people can be a tough day. You know, there, there may be, um, you may be longing for a child that you haven't been able to have yet. You may be mourning your mum who's no longer with you. Um, you may have more children that are on this earth with you right now. And through miscarriage or loss, you know, you've known the pain of bereavement. And I, I really believe that one day in heaven, there will be so many wonderful family reunions. And I really believe that. I don't think it's wishful thinking, but that in God, it's our hope. And um, in the Bible, Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you. Now, when you think of the word sufficient, it seems on the surface to be a sort of business-like, you know, quite clinical kind of word, you know, like it's just enough or the bare minimum. But the word sufficient, it actually comes from a Latin word, which means to meet the need. And where your need is, God can meet you there. You know, if, you're, if you need hope or friendship or healing or comfort or strength or joy or love or purpose, you know, God really is all of these things. Just call on his name. And in closing, I'd just like to pray for you, if that's okay. Um, Lord, I just pray for anyone who is watching this right now who needs you. Lord, I thank you that you are a God of comfort. You're a God of healing. Lord, you're a God of strength and compassion. Lord, and if anyone is reaching out to you right now, saying, I need you, Lord, I pray that you would meet them in that place. Lord, I thank you so much, Lord, that you love us so much that you gave your only son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for our sins, that we can be restored to relationship with you. And I thank you, Lord, that it says in your word that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. Now, if you um, feel that way today, if you want to call out to the name of the Lord, then I just encourage you to do that right now. When I became a Christian all those years ago, my prayer was this simple. I said, God, if you're out there, I want to know you. And my life was never the same again. And if you pray a prayer like that today, we'd love to hear from you here at Grace City Church so we can help you in your journey of faith or you could reach out to any other church in your area. But I just encourage you to do that. God bless you this Mother's Day and thank you so much for listening.